Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 340, where we are covering updates on me, Allie Miller. We're going to talk about my market, my most recent move, and all of the intentional elements of my new home, as well as tackling some of your most recent questions in a Q&A style episode, which you guys really tend to love. Yes, super exciting. Today we are in your brand new podcast studio. Yes, and Becky's here with a sultry voice yep. this afternoon. <laughs> uh, so that oak pollen is kind of getting her. And so we figured that today's episode will keep it light, fun, and you'll hear a little bit more of my voice maybe than normal. But uh, a lot of you, now that I've been back on Instagram, have had tons of questions on all the things. So we're going to try to tackle as many questions as we can. All right, before we get into all that, we still have about 15 spots left in our Wimberley Wellness Workshop. And since we last shared, we've now developed the Sunday cooking class menu. Yes. We've added a DJ event on Saturday night and so much more. You do not want to miss this. Yes, absolutely. Remember, this is our only in-person event of the year. So definitely make sure that you prioritize planning in your calendar to come out to Wellness in Wimberley. This is in the Hill Country in Texas, about 45 minutes outside of Austin and San Antonio. And it is going to be a two-day food as medicine workshop with myself and Becky. And a great opportunity for you to maintain or maybe gain inspiration inspiration for your food as medicine journey, keep things fresh and new and come home ready to rock for a strong summer and end of the year. And also an opportunity to meet other like-minded, amazing people that are fellow listeners of the Naturally Nourished podcast or food as medicine warriors. So on day one, I'm going to open things up with a functional medicine lecture. We will do breakout interactive smoothie stations, and then you will have a four-course food as medicine lunch catered by my Naturally Nourished Market. Following lunch, we will have a live podcast where you get to come up to the microphone and ask us your burning questions. And then after that, we offer the opportunity to come over to my market, which is literally a hop skip from the venue for the event. Uh, and you'll be able to shop our healthy hour, getting discounts on our savory salads, on our pasture-raised proteins, and on less toxic alcohol choices like local sustainable wines, etc. Uh, we'll be there from 2 until 4 o'clock with our family, so a great time to kind of just hang out and mellow out after the workshop, which is 11 to 2. And then that evening, we're offering an a la carte opportunity for a DJ set, which is going to be super fun and just happens to coincide with this weekend. So you'll get details on that only if you register to the Wellness in Wimberley workshop on 
Sunday morning, we offer an option for Prana Shakti dance class. But within the workshop curriculum, you will have from 11 to 2 an interactive food as medicine cooking class with Becky and myself. So lunch is provided by Naturally Nourished Market on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we will be preparing that lunch for you live. And the menu for Sunday is really exciting. We're going to be making my lion's mane leek bone broth based soup. A couple of you asked about it from last week's podcast when we were talking about mixing up your flavors. And I will be sharing the recipe, but I've made it because we do have, I think, 18 spots left for this workshop. I'm not releasing the recipe until after the workshop. So best is come, yes, yes. <laughs> come learn how to make it yourself. Uh, we'll talk about all of the nerdy stuff like nootropics and the brain boosting benefits of lion's mane, um, as well as how to troubleshoot bone broth in general. Then we'll be making a farmer's market spring salad with gremolata, which is kind of like a pesto type parsley, lemon, Italian herbaceous spread that will massage into our greens. We are making some turmeric coconut chicken thighs with a lovely pan sauce and talking about the importance of eating snout to tail, how we get glycine in our skin on bone in cuts, and how to reduce any pan-seared protein into a delicious sauce that really takes your meals next level. And then we'll be closing things out with a bright, light, low-carb key lime tart. Again, this is Wellness in Wimberley. Join us May 20th and 21st. This is not women's only. So for those of you listening of our male population, all 15% of you listeners, and or if you're listening and your boyfriend or husband or partner hasn't really fully understood your food as medicine approach and you're sick and tired of them asking you if you want to go to IHOP or bringing home Doritos, this may be an awesome opportunity for you to bring them to get directly inspired from the source versus always having you to say, well, Allie said this. So we'd love to meet you all and see you in person out here in Hill Country. Grab your tickets at AllieMillerRD.com. This will surely sell out and we can't wait to meet you. Yes, it's going to be so much fun. All right. And then we're doing another live detox. Now, this isn't live in person. It's live via Zoom. So you can join that anywhere that you are. This is coming up May 3rd and 10th. This is $14.99 for both classes, so there's going to be an, probably an hour to an hour and a half Zoom on the 3rd and the 10th of May, and the Slack access, so you'll get access to a private Slack channel a couple days before the detox, so you can ask your questions all the way through the end of your detox, and you can do this at your own pace, so you can watch the first class, give it a couple days to reset your fridge, totally. get ready, or if you have a social event totally works. And then you'll need the detox packs in the naturally nourished grass-fed whey um, from our line in order to do your detox. You also get the detox protocol as part of that $14.99. Absolutely. So the protocol itself is $9.99. Again, you get interaction with us direct on the Slack, those two live classes, and members get the opportunity to save on the detox packs and the grass-fed whey. So take advantage of that also at AllieMillerRD.com. All right, let's start off with your updates. So you are literally just a week into your new home. We just shot our first film day in your kitchen with four different videos, and that's probably why my voice also sounds like this. <laughs> yes, totally. How does it feel? Do you feel somewhat settled? So I am as settled as could be. I will say that, uh, you know, moving out to this 
pocket from Austin had its own timestamp of peace and serenity and we were grateful to find a rental home because this is such a small community as is and can be far and few between. And even though there are many unpacked boxes, I would say we're probably like 50% moved in as far as things go. I just feel like being out here in the valley is everything. And being out here on the land that we have been dreaming about living on since December of 2020, (laughs) every night, uh, is absolutely amazing. And I think that as that kind of tunnel vision started to close, I kept using the analogy of with Stella when I was past my due date of like, okay, I'm past 40 weeks, get this baby out of me. That's kind of how I've been feeling for like a year. (laughs) It was 22 months of building. Uh, And so this felt like it kind of went on forever. And I was getting into some of that senioritis. I think that happens in life in general with us when we know a transition is coming and we can't push space and time and have to just kind of breathe through it and wait. Uh, And so it just feels joyous. I feel extremely blessed. And I will say my nervous system feels really solid here. There's just this like constant permagrin that I have every time I turn into my neighborhood. So, so exciting. I was staring out the window as we were filming. Hopefully yes. I'm not like looking off camera the whole time because it's just <laughs> such a good view. It's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And we're up here podcasting on the second floor and have a, a pretty cool view currently as well. And also what's really cool is it's unfinished up here. So there's just like foam insulation everywhere. So it's pretty good audio effects. That's I think, great I think it's going to sound good. I think we should keep it this way. Yeah, maybe we will. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the big thing of the move has been going slow and intentional. It is still chaotic but it just feels way more manageable being in the grounded space of nature. And I have to say that, you know, the pool is also awesome. We've had a lot of weeknight. We're only on the first week, so it's still a super novelty to my family. We've never had a pool or lived in a house with a pool. So we're doing like weeknight swims before bed, eating dinner, sitting outside. Uh, And this has been so fun because I'm already realizing how much less negotiating Stella's trying to do for screen time just living in this space, just providing and setting the scene for more of an opportunity for exploration in neighbor in, in nature, excuse me, and time to be outside is really cool. And I know that I just feel genuinely more well or optimally balanced mentally and also on that parasympathetic space the more time I spend outside. And so I have been stepping outside with my morning tea or coffee and every night off our master patio standing outside and gazing for at least 10 to 15 minutes at the stars. And that's been a really awesome way to really reset my nervous system This season is also so lush, so the blessing in disguise of the long wait is that we moved in April, and we actually moved in the weekend before Easter, which was very spiritually powerful to me, um, a time of rebirth, a time of hope, Um, and so that was really special, and we continue to see different strains of wildflowers popping up kind of day by day out here in the hill country, which has been just lovely. I think being in that awestruck passive space of beauty is a really important thing for me. Um, We'll, for instance, take a dinner walk through the woods to watch the sunset on my wine deck. And um, we're just finding lots of ways to enjoy the natural space. Okay. So besides the land and your pool, what are you most excited about in your new space? 
I would most definitely, without a doubt, say my kitchen, uh, especially being in a kitchen in a rental where I had no choice. Uh, That was the first time in, I think, over 15 years that I had an electric stove. I had been really acclimated to a gas stove. And the reason why gas is so important for cooking is, especially when you're using something like a cast iron pan, the heat finds the concentration of the mass. And so the, the flame actually goes to your protein um, or to your food in that pan. Uh, when you're using an electric type stove top or range, that heat is equidistributed and it's not like, you know, it's not reactive or responsive, if you will. So we get a lot of smoking, we get a lot of burning. It's just not optimal for a chef per se. So I have been super excited. The biggest thing is the gas range, like for sure. And uh, beyond the gas range, it's a, we, we did invest in an eight range uh, or eight, I guess, burner stove and then a double uh, oven, which has been really fantastic as well. So within two days of moving in, I hosted Easter Sunday brunch. Of course you did. And we did a lovely, <laughs> we did a lovely egg hunt with the kids and such. And I had three frittatas going and I made a scalloped herbed potato uh, dish that I went down to the garden to harvest oregano for and I needed the double oven and I was like so tickled that I was able to use my double oven within 48 hours of the move and I would say the other thing that I'm really stoked about on my kitchen is just like the fact that I had the ability to unpack myself slowly with the rental things happened really fast and furious and even my house prior to that in Austin it was right before I went on book tour we moved literally the weekend before I flew out to Seattle and so we had many hands on deck helping to unpack us and I never felt like at home in my flow in my space whereas here I said to everyone that wanted to help us stay out of my kitchen (laughs) so I was able to strategically think of like okay where would I put savory teaspoons versus I think of baking for my measuring cups or do I put my spices in this drawer etc and then speaking of drawers I'm super stoked about uh, my freezer and fridge drawers so I did invest in those as a big thing I told myself five years ago when I found out about them I was on uh, Alex Snodgrass's page fine dish and she was I guess she like revamped her kitchen and I saw her fridge drawers and I was like man if I ever make it if I ever get to build a house or do something that shows you know a return on the investment of the hustle and struggle of all of the things I'm going to darn well have fridge drawers in my island. And so I, ha- I have a little station with a freezer drawer and a fridge drawer in my smoothie coffee bar. And then I have two fridge drawers in the island, which is really fun, next to my uh, trash and recycling. So that kind of flows with my prep sink. It's been really lovely having my kitchen. Something Sounds I've so been dreaming about also forever. Yes. Um, let's talk about your floors for a second because I can't get over them. So I, the floors were like a big choice that we spent probably the most time and energy on as far as a design aesthetic. I am very whatever, kind of low maintenance, don't really have the interest or desire to be Pinteresting vibes and looks. And thank God for Betty McCagnan. Hey, girl, shout out to you. Because I just gave her all of my design autonomy, and she has been the most 
most amazing designer. Uh, she's a client of mine and now grown to be dear friend. And um, she has just really made this space happy, joyful, and serene. And I am forever indebted to her. Uh, but she found this amazing company, Texas Hardwood Designs. And we went with their Texas Post Oak Hardwood Floors. They use great Southwestern Plains wood. It's a raw material and it basically comes from dead standing timber or from trees that have been cleared for urban development or agricultural purposes. So it's kind of like a secondary, not reused but or reclaimed, but kind of, again, not that initial and salvaged wood choice. So definitely more sustainable. And then what's really unique is that there's a lot of grain varieties from board to board. There's a range from four inches to eight inches of thickness and they are raw and so there is variance in they're not like a flat 90 degree angle when you look at the edges Um, there's variance in waviness they feel really good on your feet the knots in the wood have true holes in them which a part of me is like oh my gosh they're gonna get filled with dust and debris and and pink magenta feathers and and glitter from Stella sparkles (laughs) confetti but we're gonna figure it out there's a shop vac for that I think Um, but it's been really great and just putting that under my feet is cool and it actually technically is grounding because it's in the earth followed by concrete which conducts and then the natural wood material Uh, there's actually not a mat or anything between it so pretty cool to have that influence on a daily basis and we've been walking around barefoot ever since All right, let's talk about the lights, um, because I know this was a whole big thing. Yes, so so not something that I knew to be as important as the floors. Uh, And I had in my last Austin house, like an engineered post oak floor. Uh, Again, more beachy, whatnot, but this is just something totally different. Um, But anyway, uh, lighting, I didn't realize how important happy lighting is until I moved. And also how depressing sad lighting can be, actually. Yellowy kitchen. Yes, we didn't go through and now in hindsight I would have made that change I think that's one of the most cheap affordable ways to change the vibe or energy of a space is not going too much LED blue light and also not having that heavy yellow light but just changing out the light bulbs like if we would have done that in the rental I think it would have just had a much more uh I don't know just light cheeriness to it versus might have been back on Instagram sooner (laughs) who knows yeah and the lighting yes for filming and all the things (laughs) Um, And I know you did some like programming of the lights too. Yes. So there's various dimming settings. Betty would be like, what kind of lighting do you want when you're brushing your teeth? Or what kind of lighting do you want when you're finishing from your clients at the end of the day and heading into the kitchen? Uh, And so we're still doing some of the programming element of that. But, you know, anytime I heard the word programming, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Is there Wi-Fi in this? Is this going to conduct EMF? Because we are not out here on 15 acres with a rain barrel and a well trying to do more sustainable connection to earth to have this like new age technology messing with my hustle. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the elements of like planning the low EMF, the Wi-Fi kill switch, like all of the things. Yeah, I can't speak intelligently about what's going on in our roof, but there is some blocker. So we have a metal roof and there is some layer blocker of sorts that blocks EMF from like satellite and such. 
which is interesting because I'm not able to make a phone call in the house, actually. I get dropped calls all the time. So I will be viewing a lot of phone calls outside by the pool because within our house, it's quite protected. Uh, I have been able to place audio FaceTime calls through LTE, but I think it's Verizon is our current uh, phone carrier, and that's how intensive that blockage is on our roof. Um, So our roof doesn't just serve to feed our rain barrel collection, but it also is a protective element on an EMF level. And then within our household, we have a Wi-Fi kill switch. So even though we do have a network, when we were, for instance, programming the lights, we needed internet to do so. But then the light itself actually has this kind of memorization, non-Wi-Fi orienting program. And so then it can just kind of click on off type of thing. So we're able to actually use our Wi-Fi kill switch, which is uh, in our master area of the house and that's one way to just totally shut down something you can do within your own household would be turning your phone to airplane mode unplugging your internet router these are things that i've been doing for years and this just kind of takes it to the next level totally i love it and i feel like you can feel it like in your nervous system it makes a big difference most definitely and i think another element of that is that this area of wimberley is a dark sky community so it is rural it's slower we're at the 3g level there's not a 5g tower in sight and we talked about a couple episodes ago i think it was the one about nature as medicine Mm -hmm. we can link that for sure i think that's relevant with today's combo but we talked about how you can search the amount of 5g towers based on your zip code and actually look at the map Um, and it's it's really wild to kind of see that variability in different areas And what's more beyond the EMF is that Wimberley is a dark sky community. And so there is just phenomenal stargazing out here. And I find that to be as deeply grounding as getting my feet in nature within the first, you know, 15 minutes of rise or 30 minutes of rise. And I will say that's been a little more sluggish for me because we don't really have grass. We kind of have a construction zone around our home. Um, We're on a mound of construction zone. And over time, you know, we'll continue to sprinkle different native grasses and um, hope that things kind of catch. But we have enough other acreage to spread and do that. But in reality, mornings, I'm not really getting out as often, uh, as deep in the woods as I'd like to get. I think when I get my chickens, though, that will help. And I'll have to go down there and get yes. them out every morning. Unless yes. you do the the Wi-Fi operated um, right. chicken door that Until Byron the wants Wi-Fi in our switch house. Is, yeah. is off, yep. right? So no, I think that'll be a, a good, good way to get me down uh, and walking right away to start the day. So as we're speaking tomorrow, I will be buying my chicks. I'm sure you and I should do an entire, let's give it like June, mid-June, we'll record it. Because right now, Becky's chicks have grown into awkward teenagers. They're awkward pullets and trying to figure out who's a rooster. It's, it's <laughs> quite a time. They're about to move into their coop that Byron constructed so yeah yeah I think so we're you know novice yes expert ish it will be fun chicken department it'll be fun and then we'll do a a chicken update as well all right um so let's go ahead and start with some of the questions submitted on Instagram so for those who haven't seen yet Allie's back I'm back Um, so we've been seeing a lot of amazing engagement people grateful to have you back and commenting You've been doing stories and, you know, engaging with followers again, all of the things. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, our first 
uh, pulled reply from from followers was no question just want to say I'm happy you're back I learned so much from you and you saved me from crippling anxiety that's amazing it's it has been cool I will say I so for two years I've been off of Instagram on my cell phone because a couple of you are like wait you have posts that are coming out so what I was doing was two years ago after I got what feels like a hundred plus different censorship pop-ups and CDC referrals to go to cdc.gov because I was saying the word you know vaccine and then had to turn into schmackschmeen and then had to turn COVID into DVOC and etc. I just got really fed up with the influence both of surveillance, like I was concerned about me being on a map, uh, you know, like a Google map at a playground with my child and getting a pop-up for not acquiescing or putting a facial covering on because the camera could see I wasn't wearing a mask. I didn't want to deal with any of that. And I know that when you use these social media apps that they have access to your microphone and camera and you're allowing them to do so in order to participate from that device. And we've also seen it right where you get ads about things that you're talking about Saturday night with your friends popping up on your feed so the reality is we are being listened to and we are being surveyed Um, and so I really wanted to disengage or kind of unplug for a solid two years to provide my family privacy what I was doing is I had an iPad that was on a separate network so if our household phones were on Verizon I had an AT&T iPad And that was working for a little while when we launched our food as medicine for the whole family program. um, You know, I had the iPad, so I was doing more stories leading up to that. But then Instagram, I think, caught uh, caught on to Freedom Fighters doing that. You weren't the only one, I'm sure. I know. And so what happened was, is probably a year ago or maybe a little bit more, I'm not sure, um, when I kind of dropped off from any form of doing stories was the fact that they didn't allow iPads to upload stories. They acted like it was a glitch, but it just never got fixed. So it's not like I was using Instagram for iPad. I was using the phone app version of Instagram on the iPad. But the, you know, I guess app itself was intelligent enough to know the type of device. And so you're not able to do stories from laptops or then they changed it to iPads. So at that point, I had pulled out and just basically we were loading like pre-made creatives on Canva, which would support our podcast that we had still been continuing to do weekly. We were sharing trailers from YouTube videos, but you know, it was kind of more passive stuff. And I kind of came to peace with it most recently. You know, I was like, I don't even when I move in, I don't want to show people my space and I want the privacy. But I started to kind of figure out one of my favorite mantras in the world of food as medicine and diets is doctrine creates disconnect. And I think when we get a little bit tunnel visioned or focused on something that then in this concept, the man, if you will, or whatever, can use that pigeonholing against you and use that to manipulate you or or hold you down. And I had to come to peace with the concept that the amount of information and empowerment that I can provide y'all is worth the risk. And also I am fearless because of God. And also, when I saw what was going on with this new proposed TikTok bill, um, you know, I was concerned because, again, I think that there's this concept that, oh, you know, TikTok is a app owned by China and that there's concern of increased surveillance with that and maybe even heavy negative messaging through this app and what it's doing to our teens. And so you'll never see me with a TikTok uh, profile per se. But my consideration was, 
you know, this bill that was being passed sounds good for people that kind of pigeon them whole pigeonhole themselves to not like TikTok. But when we looked at the bill, you know, it actually would impact our freedom to not have a VPN, uh, which is a way to block your, you know, router or internet connections from surveillance. Um, This would increase access to your private information. And I kind of decided, you know what, I'm going to just continue to speak my truth uh, fearlessly because of God and know that right now when we're in a space of the importance of understanding food sourcing and if we're using food as medicine we need to all be empowered on getting as close to our growers and ranchers and there's a lot more work here that I can do so I'm excited to be back and share truth fearlessly once again yes love it not letting the man keep you down forever yes (laughs) all right this person said I want to know everything about your gardens Okay, so Brady and I built them. We used untreated pine and we used two by 12s that we cut. And this is by feet, right? So two feet, um, I guess, wide by 12 feet long. And we cut them into eight feet and four feet, respectively, boards. And this made eight by four beds. We used uh, three and a half inch long screws. So pretty long screws that we drilled into four by four posts. And those are four inch by four inch posts. And just stacked two on top and that's how we made them pretty simple it was fun to do the process we made four beds um, I think in two different days and the whole process took us probably five hours you know from beginning to end including purchasing the materials we used geo growers soil and this is the same soil i used when i was living in austin it's actually closer out here it's in dripping springs and it's just a really quality soil that has good microbe activity no metal contamination and has good mineralization Uh, and also tammy hamilton who we had on the podcast will link her episode as well from hamilton excuse me tammy not tammy hamilton tammy from hamilton pool farm Farms. Uh, we had her on the podcast uh, talking about biodynamic farming. And in October of last year, she grew all of my starts in the biodynamic fashion and then brought them over in her pickup truck. And I transplanted those for my first gardens in the fall of last year. And then this round, we also, during time of planting, it was a very high stress, a lot of moving pieces time. We moved like three weeks after we transplanted our beds and thought we were going to (laughs) move before that. So I was waiting to do my garden beds until we lived here. Uh, But that just wasn't the case. So we ended up putting in transplants about three weeks ago, which was kind of mid-March. And we also planted fruit trees with the assistance of of my arborist and landscaper. He put 18 fruit trees in that Brady and I selected. Uh, So that was really fantastic that we were able to use their, you know, rock saw and hole digger, post hole digger to get into the ground here because it's quite uh, mineral dense (laughs) and rocky. you can grow fruits out here and so we'll see how we do uh, and we were waiting on all of this this, is, this has been a phased project because our well was not put in until the summer of last year so we had to get our well in and then we worked our irrigation so we have pvc pipes that uh, go to an irrigation system by my greenhouse and then we have our irrigation system on a timer so it's not wi-fi but it's a set timer that doesn't require you know i guess Wi-Fi to operate. Yeah. Yeah. Or a person to go down and hold. Yes. Yes. 
That, exactly. That helps because it's a little bit of a walk down there. Yeah, yeah. So we have drip irrigation on the garden beds. We currently have eight beds, but we have the ability to expand to 16. And then we right now have 18 fruit trees, and we're going to get, I think, six different citrus trees to add as well. And I saw this was a question as well on uh, what type of fruit trees we're growing. We have three different varietals of apples, three different types of peaches, two kinds of plums, two kinds of pears, figs, pomegranates, and I think that's it. And then we're going to be adding limes, adding Meyer lemons, okay. uh, kumquats, and uh, I think grapefruits. Super exciting. Miller Family Orchards is, that's right. is happening, right? And, yes. Um, how long will it take for those to bear fruit? You know, we did get some that were a little bit closer, but even those that flowered, we did pull the flowers already Mm. because we really want the fruit trees to focus their energy on, since just recently transplanting, on their roots. Sure. The more robust that the roots develop without giving their energy up and out, the better. And so, you know, even the ones that could bear, we're not allowing to bear fruit this year. And next season, we will catch some, but probably only three trees of the 18 will be bearing fruit. The pomegranates and figs will we'll also sure mm-hmm. all right let's talk a little bit maybe about like pest control and what you're doing I want to hear this just personally because I also garden and you know all the, battle the pests every season yes yeah, so this was a question uh, that came in separately and we just kind of threw it in this section you know um, I think the just like with the gut the best thing that you can do to prevent infection or to prevent pest overwhelming your plants is to have a nutrient-rich plant in the first place. So supporting your soil or having quality viable soil is the first thing. And so we would say like as the analogy to humans, right, having probiotics and a balanced microbiome is going to be the best way to prevent an infection or a dysbiotic or foodborne illness, uh, you know, exposure or overgrowth. So having good viable soil, absolutely key preliminarily. And then, you know, my go-to, we also then, the secondary thing I would say is complementary planting. And again, I'm not the expert here. I would definitely listen to the episode with Tammy. But we do strategically have things like lavender or oregano at the corners of our beds to help to be a pest reducer or, you know, to combat or prevent pests from wanting to habitate that bed. Um, So that's another thing you can do proactively. And then if I see an issue, we want to, you know, look at the plants themselves and see what's getting them. Do we have to hunt caterpillars? That's a fun thing to do with your kiddos in the garden. Oh, and we feed them to our chickens now. Ooh, that's, that's really fun next to level. Watch. Yeah, <laughs> especially the awkward teenagers being oh, yeah. all—they're hilarious. They fight <laughs> over them. It's it's the cutest thing. I love it. Then you don't have to pay for your mealworms. I think that's good. Yeah, exactly. Lovely. So yeah, you know, actually picking off the pests is definitely a tactic. Uh, but you might consider adding in diatomaceous earth this is kind of the first go-to so this is a powder that's made from fossilized marine phytoplankton and it happens to be harmful to insects with with exoskeletons so like your beetles and gnarly guys and it's completely pet and human safe so this is the one that you can kind of sprinkle all over your garden bed and then you might even lay in the peak of summer like straw or pine needles to reflect the sun Um, and that can also help like in these hot regions and areas and it's also creating a barrier so that could be something to consider and then my last line of defense would be neem oil as like a quote-unquote natural pesticide so this is found in 
seeds from the neem tree and um, it has a very garlic sulfurous smell and, and a bitter taste if consumed. Um, there are some sorts of like gut cleanses that use neem in moderate or small amounts. It has been used for hundreds of years to control pests as well as diseases, but it can also kill plants and pollinators. Um, so you want to use it far and few between. And there is a relative uh, toxicity dosage for humans. So definitely, like, if you have little toddlers, this isn't something that you'd want them to be, like, you know, around if you're spreading that or pregnant or looking for fertility might not be the best option because it is quite noxious. Totally. And then there's always the cayenne pepper. Yes. So cayenne pepper, I used a whole lot in Austin because of the squirrels. Yes. And there's just... jerks. I know. I mean, I know that there's squirrels here, but they just have better things to do, I guess, in the whole country. I've never seen a squirrel out here. They're like, whatever, we're in the woods. Um, And so that is not an issue. And we've high fenced our garden. So we have an eight foot fence around them. So we do have a lot of deer as well as exotics like black bucks and um, other fun varietals of deer um, that are a little bit uh, more abstract than your standard but that high fence keeps them out from making our garden a salad bar all right everybody wants to know what Stella's up to so let's yeah. talk about Stella you and Brady just how things are going for you guys and what y'all have been up to other than moving yeah so Stella's almost seven which is absolutely crazy she has been filling her days with extracurricular stuff Uh, and so she had one run at soccer which we did okay with and I had signed her up for a community uh, local area soccer organization and when I got the schedule of the games and the practices they had practice at 6 p.m. I was like that's it we're out of here it's too late too late that's when she was in kinder yeah so this year in first grade we decided to give sports a, a halt if you will and she's doing acting, ballet, and ukulele. Uh, and she's been loving all of those three. She just performed in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with her acting. She was an Oompa Loompa. Uh-huh. <laughs> she has a ballet recital coming up in May. And uh, her ukulele classes are pretty rad. Uh, it's a, a fun uh, instructor and a great group of kids. And I've really enjoyed attending those classes. And then she just actually started tennis. So she's going to dip her toe back maybe into the sports world uh, and she's been digging that maybe I think that that'll be a great thing for like hand-eye coordination and still some camaraderie teamwork but not as many demands and there's no tournaments or anything at this time it's just tennis on Thursdays for fun with other kids so I dig that stay away from my weekends I'm gonna hold off as long as I can as a mama I'm hoping I can keep her till 10 years old with weekend commitments mark my word Uh, And then in school, she's been doing fabulous. She's been getting hundreds on all of her spelling tests. She really is a great reader. We watched Matilda like a year ago, and I think she's a little Matilda, minus, I guess, the like abusive parents. Goodness. But (laughs) she's always a bookworm. Like you can find her anywhere with a book in her teepee or sitting on the hearth off of our kitchen or even in her bedroom when she gets in the zone with a good library book. And the library is absolutely one of her favorite places to visit. She goes twice a week with her school, but then still likes going to the public library once a week with me. I love it. Even when she slept over semi-recently, I was like, ooh, let's do a movie night. And she, we had the movie on for Noah, and she just wanted to read her book on my couch. So I was like, and okay. she's reading like chapter yeah. books, yeah, like yeah. serious books. It's it's really wild. Yes. And I will say, as I mentioned, you know, 
um, with nature and moving out here, less requests for screen time. But to share, you know, at age almost seven, there's a lot more and more pulls to these like secular worldly norms. And, you know, I feel like forever it was like I was just telling a friend last night how Stella still doesn't want like gluten-free sourdough bread, for instance, textures she hasn't been exposed to. She's like, nope, I won't eat that. And I'll say, well, it's gluten-free. Would you like to try it? No, thanks, mama. I'll just have an apple or, you know, whatever. But there are certain things. And I would say for sure the influence of peers and sugar are to be seen. So we're working to continue to navigate that where I want her to have empowerment and understand the connections, but make the choice herself versus ask me and me tell her no constantly. And I want her to feel empowered with her choice. So that's been the newest thing. We'll have to do a whole episode on that coming up here soon because I'm experiencing it in a different way than I ever had. And I know a lot of you listeners are like, okay, you just wait (laughs) when we talked episodes ago and whatnot. So, I mean, it's kind of coming more of a challenge there for sure. And then I'll say the influence of screens too. You know, I think she's really the only child right now in her class that does not have an iPad or one of those Amazon, whatever they're called, devices for screen time. And we still really do keep limited screen time. And now I have seen, though, with a pool, a lot easier ability to reduce screen time. And I love that because her and I are able to lock in and connect and play mermaids and go back into pretend space. Because the reality is, as a parent, screens are easy. And when you have a lot of stuff to do and you just want to exhale from your stressful work day, sometimes it's like you're like, okay, you need to decompress. I need to decompress. Go watch a show. Um, But being here and being able to be like, you know what? Even though I still have a chart to write, I'm going to go hang out in the pool with you or we're going to go down to the gardens has been really lovely. And I think that, you know, us having that synergy as a family is really solid. Love it. Love it. Love it. What's Mr. Brady up to? Well, I think he's just really stoked to be in the home. Um, He's been really enjoying a couple of the projects that we have going on around the space. He's putting out a bunch of fun pool time playlists and setting all the wine deck vibes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Mr. Miller is a Brady playlist. Ooh, maybe. Yes. I don't know in time for this episode release, but I'll share one on IG soon. I can promise that within a month. Um, let's talk like events other than our May event, which we talked about at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. But what else have we got going on for this year? Yeah. So I've been up to a lot of things. Let's see. In just one week, we will be actually at Rome Ranch. So we had Taylor and Katie on the podcast. We can link their episode where they talked about raising bison. Uh, they uh, own Force of Nature and Rome Ranch out in Fredericksburg, Texas. And they were the original owners of Epic Brand. And um, they are hosting a conference on learning and leading with regenerative intent. And it's called What Good Shall I Do? Uh, So this is sponsored by Force of Nature. And it's an outdoor conference that brings together conscious consumers for two days of education, networking, planning, and action around regenerative agriculture. There are total badass female butchers like Kate Cavanaugh. She's going to be doing some key lectures. And she's also, I think, the one that's going to be uh, breaking down the whole bison during this event. So that's going to be really fun. 
I think, you know, people will be taking like bites of raw bison heart and putting blood on their face and all sorts okay. of fun stuff. <laughs> it's going to be happening. Uh, Joel Salatin is going to, or Salton, Salton is going to be from Polyface Farms there as a keynote. And uh, he's also been on the podcast. Say, so we I'll can link, link his episode, his episode as well. Uh, and, you know, just a lot of leaders in the regenerative agriculture movement. I will be speaking on a panel talking about soil health and human health and that will be myself with Kate and then Kelly Levick Le, uh, it's Be Well by Kelly Levick I'm just gonna say uh, she's Be Well by Kelly on the social media platforms and an author and kind of celebrity nutritionist if you will so we'll be talking about soil health to human health on Saturday of this conference and then I'm also super excited that my market will be doing a smoothie yurt. So I'm hybriding with Becky and this Allie Miller RD brand of our supplement line and the Naturally Nourished Market and we're going to be hosting a smoothie bar. We have three different smoothie recipes and each of them is going to feature a naturally nourished supplement. So we have our bright green pastures. This has lacinato kale, mango, ground flax seed. It has full fat coconut milk and then has matcha and lime zest. And then we add in our herbal ginger syrup, our Berry Beauty Smoothie has our elderberry syrup in there. And then that has organic berries, orange zest that is also light and bright with hemp seed. And we put coconut oil in that one. And that has our pure collagen. The Bright Green Pastures has the Naturally Nourished Grass-Fed Whey. The Berry Beauty, of course, because beauty, has our pure collagen in there, which we'll chat on that. But I mean... I'm so excited about the Naturally Nourished Pure Collagen. So well, let's just do it now, right? Sure. Let's just space bar and let's do it. Go right to it. Actually talked about it on the podcast. Somehow, I know. Right? It's like and, it, and we done sold it out, yeah. guys. Whoops. So as you're listening to this, it's still sold out. If you are a tried and true listener that's listening real time, but we will have it back in stock for sure by the end of the month of April. So depending on when you're listening to this, it will be back in stock for early May. The Naturally Nourished Pure Collagen. What's unique about our collagen? We've been working on this for over a year probably over five years, really slow and steady, but over the last year more aggressively. And this is a grass-fed, pasture-raised collagen uh, that is lab-tested for metals because that's been a huge concern, as we've seen with a lot of the major brands out there, metal metal contamination or lead toxicity. So we do third-party testing, meaning not our company, but another company that is a standardized lab tests for metal toxicity. And we can assure you that that is not found in our product. And then what's next level is beyond it being clean and well sourced is the way that we actually extract our collagen. So a standard collagen formula is going to be in a triple bound peptide and this provides you protein and of course some benefits for hair, skin, nails, gut, you know, we hear all the benefits of collagen that people speak to. But we've actually seen three particular bioactive short peptides to be clinically relevant when we're talking about effects on human health. And these are called Fortigel, Fortibone, and Verisol. And the way that we extract our collagen from hides, so it's from grass-fed hides, right? We use particular enzymatic processes and a particular type of extraction that breaks that triple helix into these small peptides so that your body can actually get those 
those active compounds to have clinical effects. And they're not minimal. Like we've seen really solid research on reduction in joint pain. We've seen really solid research on bone density. In fact, we recorded a video today on osteopenia and women that took this, 180 women that took this Fortibone, five grams, which is a scoop and a half of our pure collagen, actually had improvement, not just reduction of bone loss, but improvement in their femur and also in another area, I can't remember what bone, um, of their body. And so we actually have seen improved bone mineral density with use of this formula. We see better elasticity in the skin, reduction of cellulite, strengthening and thickening of hair health. And we support this all on our product page. So if you want to check it out, you can go over to AllieMillerRD.com, check out Pure Collagen. Maybe you can't get it yet if you're listening live, but check out that research tab. It's super compelling, and we've been trying to get our hands on this extraction of collagen for over a year, and we are super excited to announce we have it available for you, and at a pretty affordable price point, $46 for the entire tub, and that's going to last you a month or so. Okay, so that's the collagen. Super, super excited about this product. Let's talk about the last smoothie that we're going to be providing. Yes, so it's called Rise and Regenerate. But Becky, you had a better name. She was going to call it the Rowdy Ranch the Hand. The Rowdy Ranch Hand. It's got cold <laughs> yeah. brew in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> needs to be like, you know, specific to this this event. I love it. I love it. So Rise yeah. Rise and Regenerate works too. Cause bright it's green pastures. Yeah, you know, Rowdy Ranch Hand. But anyway, uh, so we are actually making the cold brew for this. And then we are using Oro Bianco water buffalo milk in this. So really high fat, creamy milk here. Of course, low heat process, so still retaining a lot of the delicate nutrient elements. And then we're adding in cacao powder, cashew butter. I'm trying to think of what else is in here. Adaptogen Boost is in here. And then frozen banana. Um, So that's going to be creamy, a little bit bitter from the coffee and the cacao, and um, give that brightness of kick of caffeine and adaptogens to get you rocking like a rowdy ranch hand. Yeah, we're going to be living on that <laughs> stuff all weekend, I think. Yes, so hopefully you get your voice back, girl, next weekend because yes. it's going to be a fun time. It'll be the whole Naturally Nourished Market crew and then Becky and Miss Mabel. So we'll be passing girl, around that girls baby. Weekend. Yeah, girls weekend, yeah. including May May. Poor Stells. She'll catch next round. All right. Um, and then we have our May event, which we already talked about. So just lots of action coming up. Super exciting. Um, I think we're all cut up on updates. So let's do a few of the non-update questions yes yes so those were some of the questions that came in more specific to me i'll read the next question let's spare your voice so it says hi Allie. i found your page through dr will cole it's so hard to find info on what supplements are safe for pregnant and nursing moms i take knack and glutathione from now brand i take other supplements as well i have a five month old and would like to continue nursing and supporting my body as i'm so tired all the time what would you recommend So I will say as far as resources go, I think our website is pretty rad as far as supplement opportunities because it's coded. So we do have icons on Allie Miller RD 
where we have safe for pregnancy, safe for breastfeeding, and safe for kids. And the first place that I would start is the mama-to-be bundle. So I hear that you're breastfeeding and not currently pregnant, but still the nutrients that are required during breastfeeding are very comparable to those required for pregnancy. So absolutely staying on that multi-avail mama that's going to give you a good complex of B vitamins, chelated minerals, and really ensure you're not dealing with significant nutritional deficiencies after growing and now producing all of the nourishment for your baby. Also in that bundle is our EPA DHA extra omega-3 fatty acid, which is great for regulating inflammation and also supporting mood. We talked about that in our recent episode on depression and excuse me, the brain. Um, And so getting those omega-3s would be a great way to kind of light back up and also reduce some of that kind of just yuck in your space. And then we have our Restore Baseline probiotic in there as well as the third product in that mama-to-be bundle. And that's key because probiotics are nature's Prozac. So getting that daily probiotic boost per day can help to support mood as well as cognitive function and just have you feeling a little bit more optimal, including optimizing digestive health. And then if we're looking specific to energy, I would say Adoptogen Boost is absolutely key. Um, Becky has shared that this most recent pregnancy, she took Adoptogen Boost the whole way through as she was chasing around Noah and and decided cost to benefit, even though some things hadn't been fully tested, that she felt really solid incorporating that still in her plan. And then the both of us used it throughout breastfeeding completely. Um, And then I used adrenal support uh, during my pregnancy, and this really helped with energy support. This could be used as it's a glandular of the adrenals um, from cow, a bovine adrenal glandular. And there's also some powerful elements to support the adrenals in there as far as B vitamins are concerned. And um, this is a great tool if you're dealing with that just generalized burnout and feeling like you're reaching for coffee to survive. You probably need adrenal support in addition to that adaptogen boost. Um, so something to consider. And then I would say you could add in a B complex once you're consistent with your multi. If you still need a boost of energy, maybe just our B12 boost or the full B complex. And I would say in the diet world, make sure that you're getting enough protein. And then I would share as resources, um, we did a Q&A during my pregnancy with Maple where I went through my whole supplement yeah. list. And in my birth story slash postpartum and breastfeeding updates, um, I'll link both of those. I noted all of the supplements that I'm currently on. Love it. Okay. Next question is, what are your thoughts on oxalates? My diet is rich in a lot of the foods that have these. Should I be worried? Okay. So I think this is almost a whole episode in itself for sure. And we get this question all the time. Like I know. When you post a smoothie with kale in it or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah, totally. So I would answer it in this way. Yes, oxalates are concerning if you are an individual that is dealing with buildup of uric acid or oxolic acid and that's been seen through considerations of kidney stone or through gout or other calcifying disturbances in your body. Also, if you're someone that deals with severe dysbiosis or leaky gut, you may want to reduce plant anti-nutrients which could further stress your healing or recovery process. For everyone else in the room, 
Oxalates, I really don't see a concern because again, you're not consuming a spoonful of oxalates. You're also in that delivery getting particular phytonutrients and antioxidants like camphorol and quercetin and lutein. And the cost to benefit of getting these plant-based antioxidants with some of that potential impact of, you know, oxalates used to only be spoke to as binding calcium, like you can't absorb your calcium in your greens because of oxalates and they bind. Um, but we learned very quickly, they don't bind and reduce calcium deposits from your bone. They only bind the calcium that's available within the plant. So maybe that plant source isn't the best opportunity for getting calcium in your diet for a vegan, but you're not going to go calcium deficient by consuming leafy greens, if that makes sense. And then there's even ways within food as medicine that we can reduce the influence of oxalates. So we can add things like citrus, uh, vitamin C, just like it helps to actually absorb iron, can also help in that breakdown of oxolic acid. We know that having digestive enzymes at our meals will help us to reduce the impact of oxalic acid or oxalate. So using digest aid, we know fermenting, massaging, um, you know, at, when you massage kale, for instance, you're breaking down those cell walls and activating the live plant enzymes. And that in itself reduces the harmful effect of oxalates. So for sure, I never would withhold antioxidants in the diet in fear that something produced by nature or could say by God has the opportunity to harm me. Just like one could say there's arsenic in apple seeds. I'd love to see someone get poisoned and die from the arsenic in their apple. You know what I'm saying? I think that that's the reach almost as an analogy of where we're getting to this insanity of this like food phobia of natural foods. And at the end of the day, if that has you eating processed meats or meats that have hormones and antibiotics or aren't best well sourced or you're eating processed foods in fear of oxalates and kale, then I think you have a whole lot of other things to worry about. I think that's a very balanced approach. <laughs> Love it. Right. I need to talk about that apple thing that just came to me in the moment. Like, right? Like who's ever died of the arsenic in an apple seed? No right one now. that I know of. We could Google it if you want. I'm pretty sure I'm no pretty one sure can. It's never happened. I'm, I'm pretty sure not anyone ever. All right. Let's do this Postmenopausal with insane sweet cravings after lunch. Any suggestions? Okay, so we may want to look into hormone balance, you know, because there can be fluctuations in hormones that could cause more craving. And especially I think though more than sex hormones, I think of neurotransmitters. So when I hear a lot of sweet cravings, I think that maybe this individual who's postmenopausal also has some adrenal insufficiency. And as their sex hormone declined, they also saw a decline in their adrenal output, which doesn't just mean cortisol and DHEA, but also could mean dopamine. Dopamine is made by the adrenal glands in the medulla of the gland and that plays a huge role with reward seeking bliss factor and cravings so this individual might want to test their neurohormone panel through labrics which we have available on our website under our labs tab and that would be a great way to understand if their estrogen and progesterone are balanced because these two hormones remember have kind of counteracting elements so you know like estrogen is going to be a vasoconstrictor and progesterone is a vasodilator uh, and so we see a lot of difference and, and we want to make sure that these hormones are optimized now that you are post that transitional shifting phase and then also we would look at a four-point cortisol with that panel and then we would look specifically at your neurotransmitters to understand maybe it's low serotonin and you're 
eating for those cravings because you're dealing with a little bit of low-grade depression and you're looking for a pick-me-up. Or again, maybe it is that low dopamine. I tend to recommend going for GABA Calm at these times. So this could be something to consider. It, it is going to provide us that neuroinhibitory mellow out compound, like your ultimate chill pill. And, you know, we always say that food is the most overabused anti-anxiety drug and that exercise is the most underutilized antidepressant. So, you know, bringing in that GABA as a neuroinhibitory compound could help to harness a stress response, which might mean that you're doing less of that escapism, seeking, or craving. Also, GABA Calm itself is going to, as a chewable, be kind of lightly um, sweet in its delivery. And so that in itself could help. And maybe having like tea or a planned snack. Um, And maybe it means that you need to liberate your carbs. Maybe you need to have half an apple with almond butter and cinnamon and or make like apple nachos, something kind of fun and like top it with cacao nibs. And that might satiate that craving without maybe reaching for things that are getting in the way of your goals for metabolism or weight loss, etc. Okay, this next one, which is worse, gluten with no known sensitivity or seed oils? Okay, I like this one because when I looked at it, I was like, ooh, I could kind of go both ways. So, you know, seed oils, industrialized seed oils. So this is like canola or rapeseed. This is safflower oil. Those that are highly oxidized can absolutely disrupt whole body health. They can drive inflammation. We've actually seen them shortening life expectancy in studies. And we know that they can drive heart disease and so much more. Um, But when we come down to it, would seed oils also include a cold pressed pumpkin seed oil, um, of which, you know, I can link my most recent piece for Mind Body Green, where we talked about the health benefits of pumpkin seed oil, you know. Um, And so I would say I can't just demonize seed oils. I think an organic cold pressed seed oil that has stood the test of time and has been consumed for over 100 plus years is likely appropriate. But an industrialized, oxidized, especially if highly pesticide sprayed seed oil is absolutely a hard stop. And I would vote against that if I was looking at, for instance, an einkorn sprouted sourdough bread. Now, the emphasis with gluten is regardless, and we've talked about this in episodes, even the einkorn actually will have more gliadin. um, And this can be disruptive to gut integrity, especially for those that have an immunological inflammatory response to gluten. So yes, could it be nourishing for some? Probably. We would definitely choose something like an heirloom grain, like the einkorn, which is spelled with an E-I-N-K-O-R-N, einkorn. Um, And this would absolutely be superior to that short dwarf hybridized wheat, which is seen in any other form of gluten. So any restaurant gluten or even like King Arthur organic flour, etc. But the consideration also with gluten is it's highly sprayed with glyphosate and glyphosate is used as a drying agent post harvest. And so there tends to be like we've talked about, you know, Cheerios being highly contaminated with Roundup. Um, And so I also have that consideration when I'm looking at gluten. So again, I would go more about Is it a traditional form? How much has man or science interfered with its structure and the growing process? And I'd probably select from there. And then how it's consumed. Is it consumed in as close to a traditional method? Then it 
likely will be less harmful than the oppositional elements. And then quantity and what you're consuming it with. And and I think there are also things that we can do to kind of negate the ill effects, especially of the gluten. Yeah, totally. So, you know, digest aid would be a big one with that DPP-4. That's going to aid specifically. So digest aid is our enzyme formula that I recommended also if you're worried about oxalates, right? So taking digest aid makes sure that you have the perfect kind of chemical composition in your stomach like a cauldron if you will so that when food hits the belly it's broken down and any particle is going to be less inflammatory because it's larger and it's going to be less uh, inflammatory for your system also the unique elements so not only do we have lactase to break down lactose and particular enzymes to break down carbohydrates proteins and fats we also include dpp4 in here which can break down gluteomorphin and caseomorphin And these are some of the known inflammatory compounds in gluten and dairy. So taking DigestAid before you're making one of those choices would absolutely be a good strategy. And then taking GI lining maybe before that meal and then absolutely that evening is a great way to kind of line the gut so that there's less insult and injury. All right, let's do this last one here. How to navigate childhood vaccine schedules and child care slash school requirements I'm in Texas okay so in Texas actually I can speak to this so I'm happy that you are me too (laughs) so there's a vaccine exemption affidavit form and this works for school and child care attendance and it allows for medical exemption uh, to accommodate individuals that uh, have a religious or conscious reason of exemption. There's also medical exemption opportunity. So medical exemption has to be signed by a US licensed MD or DO and clearly state a medical reason that the person cannot receive specific vaccines. I spoke to this in the episode on reviewing a genetic SNP report and medical freedom, I think it's called, or something of that liking. So we'll link that as well, where I went through Stella's genetic So I do feel confident that based on Stella's genetics, you know, if we did live in another state, we're never leaving the great state of Texas, but if we did leave and go to another state, that due to her double homogenous MTHFR genetics, I'd be able to find a practitioner with a medical license to state that she would be high, high risk. Now, for those of you that don't know the genetics of your children, again, and for this individual that lives in Texas, luckily in Texas, we can request exemption for reasons of conscious. Um, And so this is the ability to exclude for a religious belief or any form of belief that as the child's parent or legal guardian, a student 18 years of age um, or older must be present to the school or child care facility, and they must give a completed, signed, and notarized affidavit form provided by the department stating that the child's parent, legal guardian, or the student themselves declines vaccinations for reasons of conscience. Uh, and this includes because of the person's religious beliefs as an option. Um, and so we have done the signed affidavit. We've brought it to the bank. We've brought a notary to our house at times, and it works really well. You can obtain the affidavit. Um, I'll put a link to it on this episode note. Um, it's on like a Texas governmental website. I don't remember the yeah. exact space, yeah. but you can literally Google it. And what I found so exciting about Stella's recent school is the vaccine exemption form came in the patient pack, the parent packet for okay. a new student. 
So I was like, amen. You know, that to me was like, okay, this school is used. You're like the right place. The right community, right? Where they're like, oh, every parent is asking for an exemption form. So they just put it into the, you know, new student pack. Um, So I was really pleased to see that. And um, it's a pretty simple process, I will say. You can request five forms at a time, and I for sure did. And then each form is good for two years from that notary stamp. Yep. So request five because, who knows, the website might be harder to get to in the future. You never know with everything that's going on. Um, And I would say just asking your school point blank, like if you're considering a new child care or daycare, what is your policy on vaccine exemptions and how do I go about submitting it? And I think that's all you need to do. That'll tell you where you lie. Exactly. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope y'all enjoyed some of my personal updates. And if you haven't checked out yet, come on over to social media and help me get out of the doghouse of not being an active, you know, algorithms of the Googles and the Instagrams know that. Um, So if you like and you share my posts or you tag me when you're reading the anti-anxiety diet or making a recipe from the anti-anxiety diet cookbook or from our blog, it is oh so helpful to share our food as medicine passion with the masses we are so blessed to be here and grateful for all of you in our audience and again last call go on over to AllieMillerRD.com and grab your tickets for wellness in Wimberley in May we cannot wait to meet you there thank you for listening to the naturally nourished podcast visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes wellness tips and food as medicine meal plans Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.